right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of A Writer's Rambling. Technically, this is actually going to be very, very, very different from normal because I'm actually going to be cooking. Unfortunately, today, um, I overslept. And I technically have an episode due tomorrow. Technically, here's the funny thing about it. Um, last episode was actually late as hell. It was late as hell. And, you know, I want to avoid doing that again, mainly because I had the episode done. I just never... Uh, I had the episode fully done, I just never did the last bit of it, so of course I had to finish up the last bit and then title it, um, describe it, um, put an episode title and schedule and all that extra stuff, but I literally posted it a whole day after the fact. Today is the day before um, Wednesday, it's Tuesday, and I haven't, I haven't even started the episode at all, I have nothing done for it. So of course I'm trying to do that now, and that's of course why we're doing today's episode. Today's episode is actually, I'm also going to be cooking, because, you know, it is, one, I overslept, and two, had I not overslept, I would have been able to finish up the episode. And another thing is, my dad is now going to work, so of course, I have to cook. And, yeah, um, I'm cooking dinner, which is going to basically be um, pork chops in the oven with um, fried, uh, not fried rice, but um, pork chops in the oven with white rice and pink beans, because I'm a chef. So, um, yeah, the last time in a different episode, I specifically said that I wouldn't be cooking, but in today's episode, we are going to be cooking, so you might be, uh, you will be hearing background noises and other things like that as I'm doing stuff, but I am going to be basically in the kitchen, and at the same time, I might as well make cookies, because I did say that I was going to make cookies yesterday, and those cookies, I didn't make them because I was cooking yesterday as well, and dinner lasted a lot longer than I thought, okay? So, with all of that out of the way, now we can officially get started with today's episode or um today's episode is actually going to be actually this is just going to be uh explanation and intro so welcome to today's episode and whatever okay all right so um sorry i'm like still you're gonna like i said you're gonna be hearing background noises and stuff because i am gonna be making rice and food and shit okay so one thing that also i need to also mention specifically is um we must make a small announcement we of course have a student who dropped our class (laughs) the shit is actually kind of funny to me so basically um I have a number of, stu- uh, of like, um, people. I always make it a thing of, like, oh, if you want to be part of this class, whatever, I really don't care. You don't have to be here, you know? So we have a student that actually dropped our class, which is fucking funny. I ended up, I saw the number go down by one because I have three students in my classroom, apparently, and only a student left the classroom. And I was like, oh, it went down. And I was like, oh, my God. Aww. So apparently there's a student who basically decided to drop our class. So yeah, the classroom now has just two students, which is actually quite funny to me. I think it's very, very funny that two students only exist in the class now. I didn't think that like, you know, I didn't think that I would get a student in the class and then like they would just leave, you know? I really didn't think that But I didn't think that that would be a thing, you know? Like, with such a small following, I thought that the few people that I do get would actually stay longer, but it's, eh, whatever. I can't control whether or not people want to stay or not and stuff. So, yes, um, 
that is, of course, our little thing. I told my brother about it, and then I was talking about it, and I was just like, oh my god, I should have a whole thing where we, like, mourn the student or something like that. So, hats off. Hold on, let me take my headband off. Um, headbands, hats, uh, all kinds of bullshit. Hats off to the student. We really will mourn you, and we will miss you in our class. I have no idea. Like, I don't know. I just think, I never thought it would be funny. I thought it would be funny to like warn the student and stuff like that. He was, he or she was a good student, um, and we did enjoy your time. I don't really know. If anything, we'll probably start doing that every fucking time or something like that, or something. I don't really know, but you know, maybe we'll continue to mourn the students that decide to come in. Like, we'll welcome the students that come in, and then we'll like um, mourn the students if they decide to drop the class. So yeah, <laughs> that's like the thing. We'll just say that he got transferred. That's what it is. He got transferred or something. Or, yeah, he just dropped the class. He just dropped it. Okay, he was probably, like, one of those students that's just like, fuck, I don't like this class. I gotta get my... I gotta talk to my counselor. I gotta get my shit switched. It's very that. So, yeah. So, yeah, I had to acknowledge that. So, one, that. And then, two, also, today's episode is going to be about character fighting styles. That's so loud. Hold on. I'm sorry. I feel like everything I do is gonna be loud as hell. Making white rice. Just so you know. Now, like I originally said, today's episode is actually going to be about character fighting styles. So what that basically means specifically is of course how your character fights and other things like that. A lot of TV shows have a lot of different fighting styles for different characters, but of course they don't really go into a lot of detail about it and etc etc etc. A lot of TV shows go with the idea or character fighting styles, let's just talk about why it's important first. Okay? Character fighting styles are important to your story because it can definitely set another level of creativity to your writing and world building. Okay? Lots of TV shows have lots of different amazing characters. I have a lot of different um, fighting styles and things like that. You know? Lots of TV shows have that. That's, of course, a very common thing. But the thing that makes these things, or the thing that makes character fighting styles so interesting is the idea of the creativity of it or the choreographing of the fight and other things like that as well you know the intensity of it or um just all kinds of different things some people like fighting scenes between two characters because of the visuals it's a beautiful fight scene with lots of uh, special effects and other things like that other people like it for the choreography that they love how the character looks like they're practically dancing while fighting or other people like fighting uh, fighting scenes because of um, how creative the character is during the fight or just there's lots of different reasons but of course this is all uh, this is all taking into account the fighting style of the character okay now a lot of times a lot of tv shows don't really have a lot of detail in fighting styles and other things like uh, and other things like that so it's very rare to actually see it but when you do see it it's very like oh my god and a good example of a tv show that goes with the idea of fight different fighting styles and stuff like that specifically is um marvel hold on So Marvel, of course, is a really good show for fighting styles and things like that because it's a very fascinating world and stuff like that. 
and all the characters have very different weapons, abilities, and other things like that. So, of course, their fighting styles are going to be a lot different. And, of course, with how much thought that Marvel puts into everything, of course, they're going to be taking our fighting styles into account. Okay? Now, of course, fighting styles are a very, very interesting thing that's, like, very, very amazing and you can even notice when a character's movement begins to change or when they begin to sort of switch fighting styles. Switching fighting styles is very, very rare. Okay, or maybe, I, I don't know, maybe it might not be as rare as I personally think, but I like to think of it as very rare because it's very difficult to keep in mind that the character is going to start fighting like a different character or other things like that. Okay? Avatar Last Airbender actually has a lot of different examples of fighting styles that are completely different from each other. A good example, of course, is ideas like um, Kaya from Avatar Last Air uh, from Avatar uh, The Legend of Korra. Kaya, of course, has amazing abilities when it comes to fighting styles and stuff like that. And her uh, and her abilities or her fighting style when it comes to bending water actually kind of uh, looks a little bit similar to that, or has been compared to to that of Earthbenders. When using ice, she reverts into an earthbender kind of style, but when using water, however, she, she kind of focuses on other movements and other things like that as well. It's really interesting to think about the idea of characters uh, switching different fighting styles and using different kinds of moves and stuff like that as well. Plus, I also like, um, plus, Korra and Avatar, uh, Korra and um, Last Airbender have both had amazing abilities and fighting styles that we've always been amazed by. We've always been amazed by the abilities of different characters being able to do this stuff and using this stuff, and it's like amazing to see it. And of course, that's another great attribute or aspect about this world and stuff like that as well. With the idea that different characters can basically uh, 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 fight with amazing skills and stuff like that, it's just interesting. It's very fascinating and interesting to just see. And that's another uh, reason as to why people like Avatar. Another show that also has a lot of different fighting styles and stuff like that, of course, is the Legend. Uh, uh, of course, is Ruby. Ruby R W U B Y has a lot of different fighting styles as well, and that's also another attribute that's really, really fascinating. Um, where, where is it? Oh, hold on. Hi. So that's another attribute of um, fighting styles and other stuff like that as well. Fighting styles, of course, can be very, very different based on the character, the weapon, the outfit that they're wearing, the abilities that they have, um, what the goal is, the circumstances. It, it's, it's so many different things that can affect a character. So many different things that can affect a character. Jet from Avatar The Last Airbender, of course, has an amazing fighting style that I always adored. His fighting style, of course, was very, very, uh, um, was very, very, um, take advantage of ever, take every opportunity to take advantage of the situation. Okay, it was very dirty fighting, and of course, it was very, like, oh my god, it was such an interesting, I just loved it. It was such an interesting fighting style, and they even took into account using this weapon as a way to also add more to it, you know? So it was not only the idea of Jet fighting with normally his own weapons or his own fighting style, but they also incorporated his weapon into it, which again is another attribute of it. While I love Marvel, unfortunately Marvel doesn't really have very much creativity. There's not really a lot of creativity when it comes- uh, not Marvel, sorry, DC. I love DC and Marvel. Um, for different reasons for each but still my thing is i just don't really uh think that dc has a lot of creativity when it comes to fighting styles as superman punches and fights but it's really eh, 
Superman just doesn't really seem to have any kind of real fighting style. It's just punch, punch, and that's it. He doesn't really seem to have any real way of reacting to things. He rarely ever dodges punches, and I don't really know. And with Batman, of course, Batman actually does have his own fighting style and stuff like that as well, but I don't really know. It's just, it doesn't really give off this energy that they uh, have an actual fighting style as... Every, um, the same movements Batman does, the other members of the fa Bat family also do the same kind of movements as well. So it's not really like anybody's adding their own thing. And the only time that the characters switch fighting styles is if their weapon is different. But even then, it's not really all that creative, as Wonder Woman basically fights it almost identical to Superman. So once again, it's another aspect of like, eh. Again, it's fucking not frustrating, but it's kind of annoying. With that in mind, of course we have, um, you know, uh, all these different things, obviously. But another attribute about fighting styles, of course, is how it can affect storytelling and character design. In my own characters, I obviously have lots of different characters that, um, I also counted my characters. I, I decided to make a list on, uh, there's a thing called Google Sheets. Google Sheets, I've been using Google Sheets a lot for organizational purposes and storytelling. So that's actually a very helpful thing. So I use Google Sheets for multiple different things. One of them, of course, was mainly to help me remember certain attributes about the characters so I can remember, oh, so this character is this, this, that, and they're this age, they're this, they're around this, this is the weapon, this is that. You know, it's a good way for me to remember what they are. When I went to remember what Jabari's weapon was, I remembered, oh, I put it in his sheet. So I went over to Google Sheets and I uh, went down to his name, and of course I scroll, uh, went all the way down to the bottom, uh, to the side. And Google Sheets, of course, is a—it's just like Google Docs. If you're—you probably have uh, anybody around my age knows what Google Docs and Google Sheets, Google um, Slides, and all that shit. We all know what it is. Okay, we've been using them for a long time now. So. <laughs> Um, but actually, yeah, I, I don't really need to worry about that. I was really about to be like for the older folks, but at the, t at the moment we don't have any older students in the class. But still, maybe we might get some older students. Hopefully we do. But anyway, um, as I was saying, um, for the students or uh, for uh, Google Sheets, Google Sheets is actually a really, really helpful thing. I would recommend it for a lot of writers or just anybody in general, because it's a really good way, mainly I'm using it in for writing purposes, but I would recommend it for other people as well, simply because of the idea that Google Sheets is actually pretty helpful. It's pretty helpful in the idea that it can help me be able to create um, just all this extra stuff and keep in mind all other attributes as well. Currently, I have, I think, three? I think. I don't really remember. But I have three different, uh, yeah, three, three, three. I have three different uh, Google Sheets that I just use for stuff. So one of them, of course, is basically for characters or the main cast. So the main Blaze Star, Starry Nights, and Udoka's team. Those are the main three. So I keep in mind, or I basically, sorry. Um, anyway, um, so I keep in mind uh, uh, those three uh, groups of t uh, characters. And I have all their names in the first row. And of course, I have their genders, their identities, um, races, um, if they're royal or not, and other things like that as well. And of course, a weapon, age, sexuality, all kinds of other things like that as well. And of course, this simple thing helps me to remember, okay, I made it so that this character is this, and this character is that, and this character is this, and that, and that. Okay? Because when you have such a big cast, it kind of is difficult to remember. Okay? I don't want to just say, oh, Jabari is this, and then later I forget that I said that, 
and then I say, oh, actually, Jabari is this, because I just, I like the idea of that. You know, no, I put it as this. So next time I need to remember something about Jabari, like a small detail, for example, I don't really remember the name of his weapon very often. It's an Akonda, but at the time I could not remember what it was called. So I would end up uh, having to go into my notes and remember what the name was. So I put it there, and of course in the last episode I actually went back and found it. Now I'm able to remember it, but or kind of, but I guarantee you I'm gonna have to go back to that damn list again later because I need to remember that shit. Okay? So, hold on, I'm so sorry. So, as I originally was saying, um, uh, with the uh, weapons and stuff, it's a very helpful sheet. Another sheet that I use specifically is mainly for um, music. In my uh, Instagram story, or in my Instagram, I want to have a highlight of just different kinds of music and stuff like that. Just all the music that I just like, because it, I don't, it's just for mainly for personal reasons and also to show off my music taste, but at the same time, yeah, I want to do that. So I have a list of different music, uh, of a bunch of different songs that I originally put in my personal Instagram where I started it, but I also want to make it so that my um, uh, Omito Boys Instagram also has it as well. So I want to have it there as well. And then of course one more sheet which is basically dedicated to all of my characters. This is not the same as the original one where it has information on every single one. It has three columns and of course one column is all the characters that did not get designed yet. I haven't designed them yet. And then another list of characters who have already been designed, and then another list of two, and two more smaller lists of characters. Two of them being, I don't really need to focus on them because, you know, they are tr they're trees, and the rest are characters who don't have a design yet, but they're not supposed to be revealed in the story until this point. So it's not really a big deal for me. Okay, of course that's and there are two specific characters that I'm not even gonna mention. Okay, but yeah. It's a very helpful thing to be able to keep in... Where's that lid? Oh. Sorry, I got it. Okay. Sorry, I... Um, when rice gets boiling to the point where the rice is basically sort of peeking out through the water and stuff, that's when you lower it and put on uh, a pot. Oh, the pot lid. And I did not know where I put the pot lid. Okay. Are you defrosted? Yay! Okay, perfect timing. Oh my god, everything's like, oh my god. So... Um, like I said originally, oh, um, I need my pan. Okay, yeah, so like I said originally, with the idea of, um, uh, all that, I would recommend that you, of course, do the same thing. I recommend that you do the same thing and basically decide to keep, um, uh, your own little, uh, Google Sheet of just different things and different bits of information. Okay? Personally, I think that will be very, very helpful for you. And of course, another example, of course, is drawing your own character dynamic sheet. I also have character fan, uh, in my Procreate, I also have multiple sheets or multiple um, drawings or canvases just of character families and other stuff like that. For character dynamic sheets, I'm not gonna do that, I'm sorry. I'm not gonna do it so that characters have a dynamic sheet or something like that. I'm putting just their families. And the only one that I have posted on my Instagram so far, of course, is just Jasonio. Uh, Jasonio's family because his family is technically the most interrelated and intertwined uh, with everybody else. Okay? So he's the only one. I'm not going to be doing that very often. If anything, it will probably be a long time until I do someone else, but yeah. No, I'm not talking about my stuff. Character design, uh, 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 fighting style, yes. So like I said, fighting style, of course, can be affected by a lot of different things and can affect a lot of other different things. Okay? 
Specifically, um, when it comes to fighting style, it can be affected by a character's physical uh, abilities, mainly. The most common one that you're going to think about when you think about fighting style is the weapon and abilities. Those are the main two that they go hand in hand. Like gender and sexuality, they go hand in hand. Okay? So when it comes to... Like I said, um, when it comes to uh, characters and stuff like that as well, oh here, fuck the uh, I to start. one more time, sorry. Now, like I said, when it comes to characters and uh, sexuality and all this other stuff, uh, uh, gender and sexuality, they go hand in hand. And that's of course the same thing that basically happens when it comes to um, things like, uh, you know, uh, uh, weapon and fighting styles and stuff. They go hand in hand as well, simply because without these things, the character, of course, you know, it can. If you don't think about it, it could make sense or it could not make sense. It's just a lot of different things. Okay, a good example, of course, of character fighting styles and other things like that as well is. Hold on, I'm so sorry. A good example of a character with or focusing on fighting styles and stuff like that. I can't really think of a lot of them besides Marvel. I don't really think that I should be using Marvel as a great fucking example, or not a great example, but I don't think that I should be using Marvel all the fucking time, okay? I do admit I love Marvel, but at the same time, I keep using Marvel because it does give me a lot of good examples of what I'm talking about. But at the same time, though, eh, I feel like I'm leaning on Marvel a little bit too much. Okay, that's another aspect as, as well. Another bit is try looking at the things that you're interested in. Look at the things that you're interested in. You're interested in Steven Universe. Look at the things about their world. Steven Universe has a lot of interesting things about their fighting styles as well. Let's, yeah, 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 let's do Steven. So, in Steven Universe, we have Pearl, Amethyst, and Garnet. I'm also going to talk about Steven, but we're going to focus on Pearl, Amethyst, and Garnet for right now. Okay? Garnet, of course, has gauntlets. So, of course, based on design, all we're, now, they all have the same anatomy which is basically human anatomy. So we don't need to worry about the character's physical design that is affecting their fighting abilities, okay? The only thing that we need to worry about is just their weapons for right now. Garnet, of course, has gauntlets. Gauntlets are, of course, big, sort of like gloves made of metal that are mainly used for punching. Now, the thing is, in cartoons, gauntlets are used for punching. In reality, gauntlets aren't really used like that. They're mainly just pieces of armor that you just wear to protect your hands. They're not really for punching, but at the same time, eh. They, ooh, sorry. They do look cool as shit. And, of course, my character, uh, Michael, has gauntlets simply because of Garnet. So, yeah, they're cool as shit. Now, like I originally said, gauntlets, of course, are supposed to be punching weapons. They're a close combat weapon. Close combat, of course, means that the characters are close together and they're, uh, they're fighting together, uh, but the distance is basically, like, right then and there. Good examples of close combat characters are Black Widow, Captain America, um, Superman, um, Wonder Woman, uh, Generator Rex, lots of different characters. Lots of different characters are close combat. She-Ra, she's close combat. Um, you know, and I, when you say close combat, that just means that the character, or if I'm technically going by that, Superman doesn't really count. But... Close combat characters are just characters that can fight, or predominantly fight most of the time, up close and punching. They're making their physical bodies, or making physical contact with the enemy. And of course, that's how they fight. 
Some characters, of course, are long-range fighters, or are able to go back and forth between the two, as an example, like Batman. Batman, of course, is a sort of a long-range fighter, but at the same time also a close combat. However, uh, characters like uh, Green Lantern are only long-range, and uh, are practically never uh, close combat. And of course, other characters are sort of in a weird mix where they're only long-range, or uh, constantly switching between the two. Okay? This is, of course, a very common thing that a lot of people can be able to easily recognize and other shit like that as well. Okay? Now, in a lot of storytelling, or not really storytelling, ooh, not this one. Where is the other one? Hold on. Now, of course, in the, uh, in the Crystal Gems perspective, Garnet is a close combat fighter. Okay? So as a close combat fighter, you would have to take a few things into account with their design. One thing, as a close combat fighter, in my personal opinion, it would not make sense for the character to have long hair. Long hair for a close combat fighter does not make sense. The hair can easily get, uh, get stuck in their face, grabbed, or uh, thrown, or other things like that as well. The only times that it's okay is if you have a physical reason for why the character has to have long hair. Okay? In my case, I made it so that Bowan specifically does it because of cultural reasons. And of course, because it also makes it more difficult and that's on a purpose. Okay? But with other characters, they have other reasons uh, for it as well. Like a Sean who can get away with it simply because her ability causes, all of her abilities are creating massive amounts of flames around her. So she's close combat, but every attack causes everyone else to back up. Okay, so of course she basically sort of, it's like making a, a tiny, it's like uh, Steven's bubble in a sense, where Steven's creates his bubble and it pushes everything around, away, around him away. So every time that he activates his bubble, it's basically just him doing that on purpose again and again. Just running up to you and attacking, but by creating this um, big bubble, it pushes everyone away. And in a sense, it's kind of the same thing as Sean. Not really, but kind of. So of course, reasons. But with close combat characters, if you can't come up with a good reason for why, um, you know, that's just a thing. And also, please don't think, another reason I have to specify this is, please don't take it that there is only something wrong with the, the thing that you have to choose to make it so the character only decides to have all long hair or something like that, you know? Like, if you have a character, let's say your reasoning is you just like it. You like the character to have long hair. That's a totally good reason. Okay, you can do that. You can totally say, yeah, I'm gonna put long hair on my character, but, or you originally wanted to, but then you're listening to me and then you're thinking, oh wait, that's a dumb thing, I should not do that. No, 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 stop, stop, stop. I am not an expert. And I am not um, uh, your, I'm not the, your boss, okay? You can take my advice. Like I said earlier in different episodes, take what you want from the class. Take what you want, ignore what you don't, okay? Who cares? No one's forcing you to cut the character's hair. If you want to have a close combat character that has long hair, fuck it. I don't care. You know, I just wouldn't do that. I just, I wouldn't do that. But that's mainly because of me and my own personal reasons. I, I, try, I try to keep my story kind of realistic in a sense. Okay? And even that sounds like a read, but still. This, bitch, we're talking about fantasy fucking worlds where characters can use lightning with their hands and can lift up cars by themselves. Are you fucking serious? If you want to put hair, if you want to make half your character with long fucking hair, do the shit. I don't really give a fuck. It's not my character. It's not my world. I can't tell you what to do. Okay? So please, if you want to do that, please do it. I don't really care. Okay? But, you know, 
if you want to do that, then of course have that as a reason. Or if you want to make it a thing, then maybe make it so the character has something about it. The, the character hates getting their hair cut, or the character always adored or loves um, long hair and um, feels more beautiful or confident with long hair. Or that the character, it's a cultural thing. Or you can just state, I did it because I just wanted it. You know, don't even explain anything, just say that. You know, so that's another thing as well. Have a good reason for your character. Don't just do it because it looks cool. Okay, have a good reason. And having a good reason could also mean I as the creator chose to do it because I thought it looks cool. That's a good reason. But if you just never say anything, then it's like, okay, what are you doing, sweetie? <laughs> what are you doing, you know? It's very that. So of course, that's another example of, damn, kind of a little frozen here. Sorry, this meat is a little still frozen, but not really frozen. Like, it's still defrosted, basically. It's just stuck together, and I don't want to just rip, because if I rip, it will tear up the meat. So, what I do is I try to run some hot water on it and just slowly, like, peel. And bam! like touching raw meat with my hands but at the same time eh, sometimes you gotta do it it's part of the cooking world sometimes you gotta get your hands dirty Also, that reminds me of this stupid fucking um, meme. Uh, not even a meme. I, I keep calling it a meme. But uh, I saw this stupid fucking TikTok. Okay, this uh, this lady. What was it? Um, it was like, I don't even know. But it was like this lady that I was talking about. Did you know you need only like um, a teaspoon of like um, dishwasher detergent or something for seasoning? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, you need only like a, te a teaspoon of dishwasher detergent to wash a regular size load of laundry. And it was just this guy talking about, I don't really know, I just season it. I, I treat uh, dishes, uh, my clothes like I treat, uh, like I season my food. I just season it until it feels right. You know, and like this whole fucking thing, it was like, oh my God. And now I'm about to season the meat and it makes me think, oh my God, like there's no measurements. I don't know, there's no measurements. You just season it until it feels right. You know, and it just coming out amazing. So I don't really know. That's just like a thing that, you know, you just season it until it feels right. Because when I was learning how to cook, my mother and my father, they never told me any uh, any sizes or anything like that. They would literally hold my hand, like I would, okay, I'm holding uh, adobo, which is like a yellow bottle of seasoning. It's Goya adobo. So I, they would hold it in my hand. I would be holding it. And then they would grab my wrist and tilt it. And then they would, of course, like sort of season it while me holding it. And then they would tell me, all right, see how like, you know, you just uh, shake it a little bit and you're coating it one time. That right there, what you just did, that's a coat. Okay, so you just a little bit more than that and you try to get it to look a little tinted. 
and then bam, they would like, you know, they would let me do it on my own and be like, ah, that's too much. Okay, a little bit more, a little more. Yeah, you got it, you got it, yeah. You know, so that, that's how they did it. And it was just repeated, repeated, and now I basically do it, you know. And personally, you know, eventually some people season a little bit more than they do or uh, some people season a little less than they do. Personally, I like a little bit more seasoning. And I have been told by my family sometimes my food will be a little salty or be a little much. But I fucking love it. I love it. I love salty and savory fucking things. And I love sweet and... I do like spicy, but not really as much. It mainly depends on the spice specifically. Okay? Like, there was this one, uh, like, my family hates spice. They don't like anything spicy, which is, like, something that fucking annoys the shit out of me sometimes. But at the same time, I get it, you know, not everybody likes spicy food. Okay? Not everybody likes spicy food, so yeah, yeah, fine. You're totally, but whatever. But one thing I personally adore about spicy food is, like, especially when it's, like, a specific kind of like a spice like it's like a flavorful spice it hurts but it's just so good you know it hurts so good so you just gotta keep eating it okay i like it when it's like um because some people some people really like spicy food just for the burn you know they like spicy food for the burn of it, but i like spicy food for the taste like it hurts but the same, uh, but at the same time it just it's just something like the spice and the thing like, the more it burns, or the, the better it tastes, you know? Like, it, I don't know. It's just so difficult to explain it. It's so fucking difficult, but I really like it. It's just like, ooh, oh my god, this is so fucking good. Like, oh my god. And then, it, like, it's also like you don't want to water it down, because if you water it down, you're fucking up the taste. So it's also, it's like you have to suffer. So that's like the thing that's also part of it. Maybe you might understand if you also like spicy food, maybe you don't. I don't really know. I don't even know if that makes sense. I feel like another person who, like, says they, like, they can probably, like, because I admit, yeah, I do like spicy food, but I don't, I have a, not nearly as much as, like, a tolerance or, um, a thing, okay? Like, yeah, I say I like spicy food, but at the same time, don't put me next to somebody who, like, loves hot sauce and chooses a specific kind of hot sauce and stuff like that, you know? One person, uh, one hot sauce that I, I can't remember, what was it? I think it was, like, I don't think it was Texas Pete. I don't think so. I think it was something else. But it was a specific kind of brand of hot sauce that I did actually like on fried chicken. Oh my god, it was so good. Okay, I don't know why, but just like drizzling it on it and then like having a little tiny little, I don't know, like a little cup or something filled so I can like dip it if I want to. Like it's good. You need to drizzle it on the outside of the fried chicken. You need to drizzle it. But when you're actually eating and there's no more fried chicken skin, then you can just like, you know, dip the piece of chicken into the thing and then just add an extra little, oh my God. Okay, I'm so sorry. There's like, I just, I don't know. Maybe some people are probably getting hungry as fuck from that. But yeah, also I should do an episode about food. That's another aspect as that as, that as well. That's another aspect of world building that we can do, which honestly I did not mention a lot, as much as I wanted to in the last episode. But yeah. So yes, like I was originally saying with fighting style. Um, outfits or character design can also affect a, a, a fighting style as well. It can also seriously affect the character's fighting style as well and make it so that certain weapons don't really make sense or outfits also don't really make sense as well. Okay? So, going back to the Steven Universe thing, we did get on a big distraction tangent. Fuck! That was a lot all in one spot. thing I hate about these goddamn um, 
uh, uh, what the fuck is it? I can't remember. Packets? Pouches? Something. Well, I, I'm using what's a song, which is like an orange little packet thingy. And that's the thing. Sometimes when, like, it's, when it's empty, and you're just like, fuck, I need this little, come on, a little bit more. So then you type it, uh, tip it the whole way, and then suddenly a huge-ass pile piles up on the food. And it's like, fuck! Ah! That shit just happened to me. The packet was basically empty, and I decided to, like, tip, uh, tilt it, and it fucking, like, just, like, fucking nutted all over the fucking food. Or all over this one pork chop. Also, that's another thing, too. Th- this shit right here, where you just, like, take the fucking thing by the corner or by one end, and then you just start shaking it and stuff like that to put it all out. There's, like, so many different things, but, like, it's just second nature. And when I'm at a friend's house and I'm seeing them cook, I just, like, oh, my God, that's, like, a thing that everybody does. Like, when you're seasoning, you just take the seasoning and then you just decide to fucking, you know, you just grab it by one end and then you just, like, um, shake the fuck out of it to get all the seasoning on one opposite side. I saw Bob the Drag Queen doing it with a fucking seasoning packet of fucking, uh, ramen noodles and it, I died when I first saw it because it was just like, bitch, just like, oh my god, I can't, I can't, I can't. It's just hilarious to me. Okay, it's just hilarious. So, as I originally was saying... Yep. So, as I originally was saying, with Amethyst and Garnet specifically, Amethyst, of course, fights with a whip. And, of course, she can uh, she has long hair. So, when we're talking about their fighting styles or their character design and stuff like that, Garnet's design is actually a very good design. Personally, I would clock her for her hair by the same time her hair is also technically an afro. So, it doesn't really move as much as, like, flowy hair like Amethyst. But, at the same time, though, eh. I don't really know exactly how stiff or like um, how uh, uh, bouncy or something. I don't really know how flowy an afro is. I know that afros don't really move as much. So like a person could, like they have a little bit of a jiggle kind of bounce thing. But at the same time, I don't really know if like, for example, if somebody really did have Garnet's actual afro and they snapped their head to the left, would the afro bounce like, uh, get to the point where it basically hits them in the face, you know, or blocks their field of vision. I don't really know. With Garnet, of course, it's a cartoon thing, yeah, but at the same time, when I saw her, sometimes I would think, mm, I think that afro would be in the way sometimes. You know, I honestly think that sometimes that afro might actually get in her face. But, eh, whatever, gem logic and stuff. But still. The other characters, of course, have amazing hairstyles as well. I never really questioned Peridot because I always just imagine that Peridot just has her hair like greased the fuck up, you know? So like it's so stiff and Garnet's hair is just literally just naturally just like that, you know? So that's how I always imagined it, but still, you know? Also Garnet's hair has always been like shown off to be very soft. Like Steven literally landed on her head and then like bounced off of it and stuff like that. I don't even think he made physical contact with her, uh, with her actual skull. So of course it's like a great example of like, you know, this whole fucking thing of like character hair and stuff. But like I said, character design specifically when it comes to weapons can also depict on uh, uh, fighting styles and stuff like that. So unfortunately, I did kind of go into a weird tangent. I think that I should start over, not start over, but we're gonna get, uh, do another part and continue from there, all right? Ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to continue with the episode. 
It has been an entire day, and once again, I'm late as hell. Again, my episode is late as hell. It is like 12, and I'm finishing the episode now. So yeah, that's a thing. Anyway, but um, all is not lost, or whatever, you know? (laughs) After I made the cookies, and after I made dinner, I just decided to eat, and then So, of course, it's the next day, and of course, it's the day of the episode. It's supposed to already have been, like, aired, like, two hours ago. But at the same time, I'm not really, I don't really stress it all that much on Wednesdays. Solely because, you know, I, uh, I'm assuming, based on the age range of my audience, I'm assuming that you're also in school. So, I'm assuming that you're probably not listening to this. Unless you probably listen to it, maybe on your way to school, depending on where you are in America. I mean, if you specifically like to listen to it on the way to school and you're in, uh, you're on the East Coast, I'm assuming that you probably can't listen to it on the way to school on the East Coast, mainly because I post at 10 o'clock. But at the same time, if you're listening uh, to it on your way to school and you're on the middle of America or West Coast or anywhere around there, then I'm assuming that you can probably be able to listen to the episode while getting dressed and all that extra stuff going to school so yeah eh, whatever i'm assuming that but at the same time i don't really know uh, i just assume that you probably uh, i don't even know what you uh, what you're gonna be listening or doing while you're listening but eh, whatever anyway um also one more thing that also like um was a thing is i don't know why but earlier this morning i was just randomly thinking about like oh my god uh, I don't want to think, I don't want to, like, not be here, but I don't want to be in America. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. I literally, like, a few minutes ago, I was literally just thinking to myself, like, you know what, if this does become a thing, I want to be able to, the end goal is for me to be able to have enough money, um, at some point, to be able to comfortably move to Canada or England. Like, that's kind of one of the two things. More likely, I want to go to Canada, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I still have to do research on it. But at the same time, my only reason of why I probably won't go to Canada is solely because Canada doesn't really have a lot of, or specifically the place I want to go to, doesn't really have a lot of um, public transportation, or not nearly as much as something like London. Okay? So that's kind of a thing. The place I want to go to is Toronto. And of course, I would like to be able to go there. It, personally, I would choose there because most of my family is in New York. So I would love to be able to go to Toronto and like settle down there and actually like make that like my, not my, eh, a base, you know, like be there for the rest of my life, kind of. I would love to be able to be there specifically, but at the same time, mainly because most of my family is near, in New York anyway, so it will be kind of easy. But at the same time, I also want to live in a place that like has a lot of uh, has a lot of public transport and also I don't know I've always kind of wanted to go to England honestly I've always wanted to be somewhere in England and while I might not be in London because London's kind of expensive I would like to be somewhere where I can uh, maybe the outskirts of London I would like to be able to basically live in some kind of random place and also another thing that's also into account is I want to live in sort of like a melting pot area Okay, the main reasoning is I love the idea of going to New York. I love being in New York because New York has amazing rest, uh, has amazing stores and 
everything in New York is like, oh my god, it's such a big-ass melting pot city. So, of course, I love it. But at the same time, if I could just take all of New York and just put it somewhere else, and if I could just find the equivalent of New York in Canada or England, then I would so, like, move there immediately. Okay? So, I don't even know. But, of course, that's kind of the end game uh, for me, personally. I have no idea why I'm mentioning this. I really have no idea. Today's episode, uh, I still need to technically focus on the rest of the topic. So, sorry for the weird little intro tangent thingy. I don't know why. It's just a random thing I was thinking about when I was getting up this morning. But, yeah. Now, character design. Or, not really character design, but, of course, um, another aspect of uh, character fighting styles, of course, can be affected by character design. Character design can also affect a character's fighting style, depending on what the character is wearing, or the tools they have, or even their weapon. Like I originally mentioned earlier, with different kinds of uh, character fighting style stuff, uh, design also includes weapon as well, and also, obviously, clothing, and also biology. Yes, character design also affect, uh, affects weapons, clothing, and biology, as well as also items and other things like that as well. Okay, so uh, something that I need to mention specifically is in previous episodes I mentioned that you know there are certain things I would personally clock you for because why would you design a character like that? But at the same time, though, you can still get away with designing your characters in any way that you want. I don't feel like I uh, mentioned that enough, that in this class you take what you want and forget what you don't need. You know, you take what you want, fuck whatever you don't want, or fuck what you don't need, whatever. You know, I feel like I don't specify that enough. So yeah, the thing about, um, you know, the thing about um, this class is obviously it's just an interesting class that just, you know, teaches you all kinds of random things about stuff like that, you know? Now earlier in a different episode, uh, earlier in a different episode, I mentioned that I would never design a character with a cape or long hair. You know, long hair, specifically on a battlefield standpoint, would become a problem. So I would design them with long hair, but as long as it would be tied up or some other random thing. And if you have to have a character with long hair, at least give it a reason or some kind of justification for why. I don't like designs where there's no reasoning behind it. If I ask you why does your character have long hair? When they're a fighter, I want to hear a reason, not just, oh, I just like it, okay? And you need to give me a reason, okay? If you just, if you can't, okay, like, you can say, I just like it, but you can't just say it as if you're thinking up of a reason on the spot. You have to be able to have a confidence in that kind of reasoning, okay? If I ask you, why does your character have long hair, or why does your character have a cape, yet they're a fighter, I want you to confidently say, because I wanted to. Or because I chose to do this. Not, oh, um, I, I don't know, I just like it. You know, no, 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 no. I need you to actually feel confident in your decisions. Because this is your character. Okay, this is your character. This is not some random thing, okay? This is a character that's going to be, you know, the main part of your star and all, uh, this main part of your story, the star of your story and all that other stuff. So, of course, with that in mind, keep that, uh, Make it very confident. Be confident with your character's decisions. And be confident about your decisions on how that character acts, looks, uh, what they can do, and other stuff. Okay? Moving on. Like I originally said, I can clock, uh, some characters I will clock for certain things. 
But at the same time, other characters can get away with that exact same thing because of the circumstances. Uh, because of the circumstances. Okay? For example, a lot of people know the meme, uh, no capes. Everybody knows no capes, the, the Edna Mode thing. Lots of people know that. Because, of course, like Edna pointed out in uh, Incredibles, capes can be a liability. Okay? In that scene, uh, for those of you who don't know, in you know, the Incredibles movie by Pixar, in that movie, Edna, of course, uh, Mr. Incredible, I can't remember what the fuck his name is. Bob, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Bob ends up going to visit Edna, who, of course, is a famous fashion designer, but she also originally used to design uh, superhero clothing. Uh, she originally used to design superhero costumes for, you know, superheroes, obviously. Okay? So, of course, she's a great fashion designer, but uh, at the same time, also a great superhero designer as well. Now, the thing is, in this scene, she and uh, Bob, of course, asked about a, uh, about a costume. And, of course, in that scene, Edna, of course, uh, when he talks about a cape, she immediately goes off on him, telling him about how, uh, no capes at all. No capes. And, of course, uh, when, uh, when Bob tries to argue why capes are important, of course, she begins explaining the deaths of many other heroes who, of course, all had cape-related incidents that either put them in the hospital or caused their downfall or their death. Okay? And, of course, it's a very interesting scene as, may, uh, as she continues to go down this list of multiple issues with capes. Okay, multiple issues with capes becoming a problem with these heroes. So, of course, with that in mind, it becomes something that's like, uh, of course, with that in mind, that, of course, you know, it's something, it's a very sort of, I kind of think of it as a dark moment, but at the same time, it's also kind of a reality moment where, you know, Edna's actually showing the, uh, uh, everybody likes it for aesthetic, but it can get in the way, especially in this line of work. So, no capes. So, of course, with that in mind, that's the thing that I really, I find it interesting that they actually were able to acknowledge that. And, of course, some, uh, most people would, of course, clock certain characters for having capes, especially if they're close to combat fighters. Having Vision be, uh, having Vision get, uh, wear a cape, of course, is okay. Marvel's Vision is allowed to wear a cape, mainly because most of his fighting, or not really most of his fighting, but he has more abilities that would be based on, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, becoming uh, able to pass through walls or uh, shooting beams of light. And I don't know exactly if he can levitate things. I uh, I don't know exactly. I never really paid attention to him. But I'm pretty sure he can? I don't think so. I really have no idea. But, of course, you know, he also, of course, fights close combat. With that in mind, uh, this, of course, allows Vision to get away with it. Vision is allowed to wear a cape solely because, as his his abilities would allow him to get uh, to wear something like this, and it really wouldn't become a problem. Another aspect, of course, is Superman. Superman doesn't have any reason for wearing a cape, but Batman can get away with wearing a cape. Batman can get away with uh, wearing a cape for a different reason. Now, Superman, Vision, and Batman are all three different characters who wear capes. The difference, however, is Vision and Batman can both get away with wearing a cape mainly because of their abilities and their fighting style, and Superman doesn't really have any reason to wear a cape. So I can clock Superman, but I can't clock uh, Batman or uh, Vision. The reason that we can't clock Batman is simply because Batman's cape actually serves for, uh, actually serves practical uses. Okay, Batman, of course, is supposed to be a stealth hero. With that in mind, so, uh, with that in mind, Batman attacks uh, villains in the dark of Gotham, in the dark alleys, or at night, or any other dark areas. 
because of this, villains are unable to see Batman in the dark, uh, in the darkness, solely because the Batman's uh, black cape can basically sort of blend in with the shadows on the walls or just the overall darkness in the area, making it so that Batman can move around the villain without them even knowing that he's uh, moving. This, of course, can help. Uh, this, of course, obviously is a big uh, thing for Batman. Batman, of course, takes advantage of the fact that he does have a cape and uses it in some way. Superman's cape, or Superman doesn't do anything with his cape. His cape doesn't help him any way, shape, or form. So, of course, that's kind of annoying. Another aspect of it as well, for uh, another aspect of it as well, is Batman also uses his cape as a way to conceal his body or his arms. So, the, while he's standing in front of the villain, the villain, of course, can basically be staring at him or talking to him. And the entire time, Batman can move his arms underneath his cape and grab things from his belt without having to, uh, without giving away that he's actually moving. With this in mind, he can basically swing his cape open and throw something at the villain. And they didn't even know that his hand was opening up a pouch and grabbing something underneath the cape. This, of course, is another example of why uh, uh, the cape actually serves a, pr- a purpose. The cape uh, allows Batman to blend in in the dark and, of course, allows him to conceal uh, different objects in the belt and be able to access these objects while still being in the full sight of the villain. This is, of course, a great aspect of this character, and these are two different ways that the cape kind of actually justifies itself. However, with characters like, uh, even and even now, I know that Vision just, Vision just barely gets a reason. He barely gets away with it, but just barely, like I said. But, of course, uh, another character, for example, um, Superman or Thor or lots of other characters, I'm pretty sure. I just got to think about their costumes if I take a moment. But <laughs> lots of other characters have no reason. They have physically no reason at all to basically wear a cape. Their caves don't make sense, you know? With that in mind, these characters, of course, uh, uh, these characters, of course, just wear these stupid cape. Well, they're not really stupid. I do admit they're cool as shit. But at the same time, I was, you know, I can't really think about putting a cape on my characters. Personally, if I could put any cape, if I could make any character have a cape, it would be Omito and Michael. Omito and Michael would so rock a cape, both of them. Okay, and for the Starry Nights, I can't really think of anybody, but I know for a fact Omito and Michael would so want to rock a cape. Both of them would love to rock one. But, unfortunately, it would be a liability for them. Originally, Omito and Michael did have capes, actually, which is another aspect of it as well. Michael actually had a shoulder cape. So his cape was mainly kind of, uh, was mainly inspired by, uh, um, ca- uh, by Shazam or Captain Marvel. Okay, Captain Marvel, specifically DC's Captain Marvel, of course, had a cape on his shoulder, which, uh, which is, of course, it was a short cape. I don't know why. I just like that cape. I've never seen a cape like that before. No one ever uses capes in that kind of design. So, of course, with that in mind, I wanted it for Michael. And, of course, Omito was supposed to have the whole Superman cape thing. So, of course, it was just a big uh, cape that just clipped on his shoulders. And, of course, it just sat there. Okay, both of them, of course, were supposed to have capes, but I ended up scrapping both ideas. And, of course, in the story, they only wear it for fancy events. But besides that, I just thought that it was really, really cool. <laughs> so, of course, capes are cool as shit. But another aspect of why Batman can get away with it, of course, is because he uses the cape as a way to also blind his opponents. I think I remember seeing a scene where someone, either Batman or some other member of his Bat family, was able to attack a villain and put the cape, specifically grabbing the cape and blinding them, making it uh, putting them on their head, and of course, basically using it as a way to drag them around and swing them into walls and other things like that as well. 
So that's another aspect of why the cape actually serves a purpose. When I've never actually seen Superman or any other cape character do this. Okay? Which again is a reason why this cape is actually important. Now we're not going to consider Doctor Strange's cape solely because Doctor Strange's cape is completely different. It's kind of its own sentient being, so it doesn't really count. The cape can act on its own, and and with that in mind, the cape can easily be able to avoid being grabbed from an opponent, or being avoid snap, uh, or avoid being snatched up on something. Okay, so of course that's something that's yeah, the Captain America, uh, uh, Doctor Mar, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange's cape does not count. Okay. Now, as I said, weapons are. Um, um, Character designs are, of course, something that's really, really uh, a part of um, their fighting style. So if a character, for example, let's imagine Kirishima from My Hero Academia. It's a good idea to have him have no sleeves. With Kirishima's quirk, he basically can harden his body and create blades or large mallets that he can use. So where, uh, so why would you put sleeves on a character like this? It wouldn't make sense. So of course, with that in mind, Kirishima's ability and fighting style makes it, or in this case, his ability and fighting style um, determines his outfit or affects his clothing. Okay? That's how uh, Kirishima does it. However, with other characters, however, their fighting style actually is, uh, uh, their fighting style, um, so with Kirishima, it's his fighting style that affects his clothing. With Batman, however, it's his clothing that kind of affects his fighting style, but, um, that also keeps that in mind. Batman takes into account that he has a cape, so he basically, his own fighting style incorporates a cape. While Kirishima's, however, his fighting style uh, uh, basically design, uh, uh, chooses what his outfit's gonna look like, or certain aspects of his outfit, if that makes sense. And that's, of course, completely, uh, and of course, that's a great example of the way that the characters are designed, or the way that characters, of course, are, actually, yeah, just the way that they're designed, or the way that they use their abilities, and other things like that as well. Fighting styles are, of course, obviously a great way to deal with enemies and stuff like that, but there's lots of different things about fighting styles that a lot of people don't really acknowledge. A good example, of course, is characters who can go back and forth between using uh, close combat and long-range combat. Okay, and another example, of course, is the gems of Steve Universe. In the last bit, I mentioned uh, Garnet having gauntlets. And of course, I ended up giving a weird example, but of course, now we actually focus. Amethyst from Steven Universe, of course, uses a whip. And of course, Amethyst uh, basically can switch between long-range and close-range combat. With that in mind, uh, Amethyst can basically attack you from a distance using her whip, but can also fight you close combat, but not too close, otherwise you'll be too close for her to even get enough of a swing at you with her whip. So of course, that's another aspect of that specifically, but Amethyst can fight pretty relatively close. She can fight relatively close combat. Still though, it can become a problem if you're too close for her. But it doesn't, uh, but that still proves my point. Characters, of course, have different fighting styles that can help them to solve specific problems, or uh, or even switching fighting styles depending on what kind of enemy or what the goal is in the fight. So, of course, let's imagine Amethyst versus an enemy that has to uh, that the enemy is going to run away, specifically Paradox. In, uh, uh, um, when dealing with Paradox, Amethyst knew that she had to somehow figure out a way to con- uh, uh, to stop Paradox from running away, as she has proven to run away multiple times. Rather than focusing on just attacking, Amethyst can focus on wrapping her with her whip and causing Paradox to be unable to move. 
Another example of this, of course, is uh, Abbott's Escort stopping an opponent from getting away. Of course, this has mainly happened multiple times. When Amethyst ends up using the, uh, the whip to stop a, a, a paradox or other gems from getting, uh, from running away or monsters from running away. Another example, of course, is basically coming in. Uh, another example is basically a way to basically help uh, by saving characters. Let's imagine uh, Amethyst is basically dealing. Uh, uh, let's imagine that the other characters are dealing with a fight. A monster causes destruction to a pillar, and the pillar begins falling. Amethyst is more likely to grab uh, uh, whoever is underneath the pillar and pull them out of the way. And even Amethyst uses the same tactic of grabbing an opponent uh, or grabbing something. She even uses this as a way to attack characters as she grabbed Pearl and swung Pearl into a wall. This of course is multiple examples of uh, Amethyst using the exact same sort of move but using it in different ways depending on what she needs and uh, in that exact moment. And, of course, switching her tactics and fighting styles depending on what she needs specifically in that moment as well. Okay? This is, of course, a great example of practical uses in uh, with characters. Or not really practical uses, but, um, uh, what is it? Like a, like a Swiss Army knife kind of thing. Where they're using uh, multiple uses, that's what it is. It's basically uh, an example of multiple uses of the same kind of fighting style or the same kind of ability or move. Okay, Amethyst using sort of a whip grab thing. This of course can be used in three different ways, and of course she does it a lot. However, another attribute that I didn't really get to see is using it for a way of transportation. Whenever Amethyst needs to move around from one place uh, from one place to another place really fast, she mainly relies on using her dash. But another example is maybe Amethyst can grab something and swing her own body closer to the thing that she needs, or even use her own whips as a way to travel around. I haven't really seen that, but at the same time, I don't really know. Maybe Amethyst just never thought of it. Or maybe Amethyst would prefer to use a dash. I don't really know. Still though, that's another attribute that's like part of the whole thing of Amethyst. Now another example specifically the, uh, of character, like I said earlier, when it comes to character design, it also can affect the fighting style. So of course, you know, we I designed specific tests to see what the character would do or what would be a good solution for it. Now again, I personally believe all weapons can be used in offensive and defensive ways. It does not matter what kind of weapon it is, Amethyst can defend herself uh, using both offense and defense using a single whip. And of course, that also means that she can do that the same thing with projectile weapons or other, uh, or of course, um, uh, physical weapons. So let's imagine Amethyst is dealing with an enemy who basically is going to throw a knife at Amethyst. Some people would argue, oh, how would Am- uh, the question is, how would Amethyst defend herself using her whips? Of course, some people would say, I don't know, how would Amethyst defend herself? I believe Amethyst would defend herself by, she would do this or she would do that. Okay? But some, but more likely, most people would say Amethyst can't defend herself against flying daggers in the air. She can't defend herself against that. However, that's actually something that I could argue Amethyst could actually uh, defend herself with. By using uh, her whip, she can grab a random object nearby and call it and pull it in front of her, or throw it at the enemy, which can basically uh, block not only the daggers, but of course end up crashing into the enemy. That's an example. uh, So this is of course an example of using offense in a way of defense. Another example of course is Amethyst basically, uh, another example is Amethyst using her whip to grab something and pulling her own body out of the way. 
Or if she's lucky, or if it's a single dagger, she can strike the uh, the dagger out of the air, or even grab it, depending on uh, depending on how good or how cool you want Amethyst to look. Another example, of course, is what if uh, it's a dagger character? For example, May from Avatar: The Last Airbender. What if an uh, what if Amethyst, of course, attacks May specifically using her whip? May could actually defend herself as well by waiting until the. Uh, by shooting a, a dagger towards the whip, cutting the whip, or of course by basically, uh, or of course by throwing a, a dagger uh, uh, at Amethyst specifically, causing her to basically focus on using, uh, on defending from that dagger rather than using her own whip. Let's imagine a, a rock is flying towards Amethyst, a big boulder. Amethyst could use her whip and grab it and swing it around and throw it back, or she can, uh, or she can hit it and cause it to shatter, or she can grab it and swing it and smash it into the ground next to her, basically pushing it out of the way for her. Or you know, that's just another example. Amethyst is using her whip in defensive ways, offensive ways, or even just ways to stop or to counter or block it. And of course, let's imagine May with the same thing. The boulder's flying at May. May could easily throw multiple daggers to cause the rock to rock to shatter, or, of course, she, uh, uh, or of course she basically um, dodges it, but she doesn't really have any way of dealing with the rock and sending it back towards the enemy. So again, multiple characters don't really have the same type of ability. Amethyst can easily be able to defend herself in more ways than May, but at the same time, I believe every single weapon can be used in some kind of creative way so that they can basically defend themselves or attack. All weapons can do this. So of course we have monster tests and other kinds of tests as well that are mainly created specifically to test out the character's abilities in this situation. Now like I said, Jet is a really interesting character. Jet is a really interesting character because of his fighting style and he takes into account the use of his weapon. Okay, he actually takes into account what his weapon can do. Jet of course uses a hooked sword. Okay, he uses a hook sword, and that of course means that there's a hook on the end of the sword, there's a blade kind on the handle, and on the bottom of the handle there's a small dagger, and he has two. Jet of course is known for using, uh, for fighting kind of dirty and using whatever tactics he can to win. Of course, in one scene, Jet of course is not only seen attacking by switching the sword around, so the bottom of, uh, so the blade is hand, uh, the main hook sword is near his pinky and the bottom dagger is near his thumb and switching uh, and holding the other sword the correct way he's uh i have seen him fighting like this and i've also seen him fighting uh, uh, uh and i've also seen him fighting by hooking the two hooks together and swinging the sword above his head to attack opponents from a uh, and give himself more range and of course i've also seen him falling from a tree and he used the daggers on the bottoms of, of his sword to grab onto the uh, to tree and basically climb up like a pigeon uh, like a mountain climber or something like that with like pitchforks, not pitchforks, pickaxes, sorry, with like pickaxes. Okay, and of course, that's another example of how Jet is. Jet's design and use of his weapons is genius, and of course, that's a great example of characters taking in, uh, of character fighting styles who are also dependent on their weapons. Zuko also has a good fighting style that's also really, really well balanced with his weapons. So of course we have multiple different examples of different characters. We have an example of a character who uses their fighting, uh, uh, who uses their weapon, or sort of their uh, their fighting style is centered around their weapon specifically, specifically Jet. And uh, uh, we also have a character whose uh, fighting style is, uh, whose outfit also depicts or kind of uh, influences their outfit, like Hiroshima. 
We also have a, a, a we also have a character whose uh, whose outfit actually contributes to their own fighting style, uh, to their own normal fighting style, like Batman. And we also have a, a character whose fighting style can be uh, uh, whose uh, character fighting style can be used for multiple different things and multiple different tasks and other things like that as well. Now there are also still many other factors, as every character I mentioned here has different abilities, different uh, weapons, different circumstances, different upbringings, and up uh, all kinds of other factors. But still, this is a great example. Uh, all of these characters are really good examples of just how different and how creative and how amazing fighting styles can be. A single fighting style could easily be able to solve all kinds of problems. But at the same time, though, this is the thing that makes them interesting. They can basically be these things. They can basically solve these problems, and they can basically show off this amazing use of tactical skills and thought process and all this other stuff about using their abilities. When most, other, uh, when a lot of other times, characters don't really have a fighting style. Superman doesn't really have a fighting style. He just punches. That's it. Superman doesn't even really kick very often. Superman doesn't really kick. He doesn't really uh, he doesn't really head. Well, sometimes he headbutts, but rarely. But he rarely does anything. Superman doesn't really know how to fight. The reality of it is, Batman, of course, is known for kicking, punching, grabbing opponents, and using their own moves against them, and basically even uh, and basically turn uh, always taking control of the fight. With Superman, he blindly punches and attacks, and doesn't really see, uh, and doesn't ever really show off any signs of knowing how to fight. He usually just punches and throws uh, characters or throws objects. Even Wonder Woman has a lot more uh, skill uh, than her uh, than him. And the funny thing is, both of their fighting styles are very similar, but Wonder Woman incorporates kicks and also redirections. So Wonder Woman knows how to fight, but Superman doesn't know how to. And Superman uh, kind of gets away with it because he's Superman, you know? Which, again, I would think is super dumb. Okay, I would think it's super, super dumb. Personally, if I was the writer of Superman, I would make it an endless joke between Wonder Woman and Batman. That they both make jokes that Superman doesn't really know how to fight. And that at any moment, both of them could basically, uh, both of them alone, can basically uh, pin Superman to the ground solely because Superman doesn't know how to fight. He simply punches, but... What happens if a character is smart enough to grab his punch and redirect it, or other things like that as well? Even though he's like a great character and he can like is super fast and great reaction time and all that other stuff, the reality of it is Superman doesn't know how to fight. He just punches, and because of his super strength and uh, uh, speed and uh, uh, and flight and stuff, he's able to do a lot of different things. But still, it doesn't change the fact that Superman can't really fight the same level or is not really nearly as skilled in fighting as Batman and Wonder Woman. And Flash too. Flash doesn't really know how to fight either. But once again, these characters mainly rely on using simple abilities and stuff, other things like that as well and don't really have a lot of fighting skills and stuff, you know? So of course that's another example of it. Now character fighting styles can also be really, really interesting and sometimes beautiful for characters. A good example, of course, is Arbosa from um, uh, from uh, uh, Breath of the Wild, or The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. In one scene, Arbosa was seen taking down multiple members of the Yiga clan, and while she was dealing with them, she ended up dan uh, she ended up moving around as if she was dancing. She uh, it was a really fascinating way to watch the fight, as she realized as she completely took control of the situation and was able to take down both uh, uh, both 
LGBTQ clan members and still be able to make it seem as if she was dancing. Even, uh, even having an opportunity to turn her back on her opponent. It was a really fascinating and amazing scene to be able to watch her. as She truly looked as if she had like a complete dance. Like they were reacting. Like this had been rehearsed a thousand times. Of course, that's another example of it. Personally, I love characters who have dance-like movements or they fight as if they're dancing. Okay, personally, I love characters like that because it looks so clean and so flawless. Good ca- uh, characters that have this kind of dancey, like, um, fighting style or dancey kind of, like, movements are, of course, like, Deku from, uh, My Hero Academia, Pearl from Steven Universe, and, of course, even, uh, uh, and, of course, actually many characters from Steven Universe because a lot of their fighting movements are based off dancing. But, of course, um, them and, of course, Arbosa. And I can't really think of any other characters, but a lot of Ruby characters, too. Some Ruby characters actually have fighting styles that look a lot like they're dancing. Okay, I can't really think of them, but I know for a fact that one character, I know for a fact... Oh, Weiss, Weiss, Weiss. Weiss had a lot of ballet-like movements that also really looked like dancing. Though, personally, I wish that it could be more gracefully incorporated, personally. But still... Like I originally mentioned, that's of course a good example of this specifically. Now of course, again, fighting style, uh, now of course again, this is another reason why we put characters into different tests. The monster test is mainly to show off, um, it's a simple test I designed a long time ago, where of course the character, or character A, is basically put into a large uh, room with no doors and no windows. The room itself specifically, uh, or you know, the door, the room itself specifically has a single monster. Also, the room has no ceiling. Okay, I never specified that the room had a ceiling. It has no ceiling, but it's way too tall for any normal human to climb up. So the only way that you can get above the building is if the character has the ability to super jump or fly. Okay, but the room doesn't have a uh, doesn't have. Um, uh, a ceiling and it's also a massive room okay it's like the ma- it's basically the same room that Saitama beat the uh, Saitama from One Punch Man dealt with the large beetle character it's basically the same room with that in mind in that uh, in that room the character of course is supposed to fight a single being uh, that's uh, bipedal bipedal means that the being itself stands on two legs so of course, it fights a single being that looks a lot like the Hulk and has a similar fighting style and strength and power as the Hulk. And of course, the character, uh, this monster, of course, is supposed to be twice the height of a normal human. Okay? With that in mind, this being, of course, is twice the height of a normal human and of course is built in strong, uh, uh, built in just as strong as the Hulk. Now personally, I don't really know how, uh, how tall the Hulk is. Um, maybe the tall the Hulk might be taller than a human by twice. I don't think so. I think the Hulk might be maybe a little bit taller. I really have no idea. I know that Natasha is probably like just underneath his chest in height if the Hulk were to stand up completely straight. But I don't know if you can stack another Natasha on her forehead uh, on her skull and it will be and the Hulk would still be taller. I don't know. Okay, I really don't think so. I might be wrong, but I don't think so. I think that the Hulk would just be a little bit shorter than that. So the monster in the monster test is twice the height of a normal human being. Okay? So, of course, two Natashas stacked on top of each other. That's, of course, the height of uh, this being. Okay? Actually, Thanos. Thanos might be the right height. Maybe. I don't really know. 
I need to, I can't even think of any scenes where characters, like, standing next to them, and it's not, like, in a fight or something. Like, uh, both characters are standing next to each other, and they're both standing up straight. I don't think that I've ever seen a scene like that. I think every, every scene that I'm imagining, one of those characters was sitting down, or some other character was not even close enough to be seen on the camera, or other shit like that as well. Or they were fighting, or other things like that as well. I can't even really remember. I think the only thing I could probably... I'm trying to think. I think the only thing I could probably think of is maybe Gamora. I think. Maybe she might be hip height. Or just a little bit higher than his hips. Maybe? I don't know. I gotta watch it again, but still. Like I originally said, that's of course the monster test. The monster test is being... uh, The character, character A, is graded based on how fast they can kill the monster, how effective they were, uh, how well or how uh, uh, perfectly executed they were. Did they look like they had control of the uh, situation the entire time? Were they reacting? Were they uh, they acting or were they uh, reacting? Were they uh, in full control of what was happening? Was it a flawless kill? How much damage did they cause? How quickly was the kill? And how much effort did they put in? And how much damage did they take? Okay? So, of course, all this stuff is basically part of the whole thing. Different characters would get different grades depending on uh, uh, different attributes. And also, it also based on the character's personality as well. Okay? So, a good example. Let's imagine, um... (laughs) Okay, let's imagine, um... The Hulk. Angry Hulk versus the monster and then we're also going to imagine Saitama versus the monster okay so in this situation or actually no let's imagine um Superman Superman is told to kill it in one shot both of them Superman is more of an acting character so rather than waiting for the monster to come to him Superman would use his super speed and get closer to the monster and punch him and obliterate his whole head right in one go and of course Superman gets a uh, gets a big scale uh, a big score However, Saitama waits. Saitama, however, waits until the monster punches him first. Then he punches. And of course, Saitama gets practically the same score, but the technicality would be Saitama's score would be lower than Superman's because Superman did not take any damage. Even though the damage that was caused to Saitama doesn't hurt at all and he really doesn't notice, it still counts. Unfortunately, Saitama still allowed himself to get hit. And it's because of that same reasoning that causes Saitama to basically lose, uh, not really lose, but he won, but he, uh, but he's losing points. Okay, so that's another good example of it. Saitama would lose points simply because he let the monster hit him. Okay, and of course, uh, that's a good example of the monster test. Another uh, test that I created specifically, and this is the test that is all, uh, now that test is mainly to test out how your character's overall abilities are. And of course, it's not just a thing of putting your character in the same test one time, that's it. I want you to try putting your character in that test multiple times and imagine different scenarios. What if the monster did this? What if the monster did that? Or what if your character decides to do uh, kill the monster only using this specific ability? How effective would it be? How easy would it be for the character to do this? The character in the test is supposed to have their regular outfit and their regular uh, uh, tools. So, of course, um, uh, with uh, Batman, Batman's not going to get um, be given a bazooka. He's not be gi- uh, he's not going to be given a bazooka. Batman is going to be given a regular uh, 
uh, his regular belt and regular tools. Okay? The monster is set at the same level of difficulty. It doesn't have any defense mechanism. It doesn't have any super strength. Any blade can cut it the same way a human would. So if one character has, uh, you know, for example, let's say um, uh, the monster doesn't have like Kryptonian skin or something. You know, like, it could only take damage from a specific level of force. No, it has the same durability as a human. Okay? Of that same size. So, if you were to grow a human to the same size and apply that same amount of pressure or strength to break a human bone at that size, the ratio goes up too and all that extra stuff. Maybe we're going to be more technical. But still. One final thing that I also need to mention, of course, is another test that was specifically designed for different characters. The monster test is mainly designed, uh, is mainly for about character fighting styles and also kind of a sort of a test to see um, more about how the character fights. However, the other test is called the Seaspire test. And the Seaspire test is specifically designed to test out how well a character's abilities and fighting styles can be used for practical uses. Okay? So of course, in the last, uh, in this bit specifically, we were talking about all the different things about character design um, that affects a character's um, fighting style and how weapons and other stuff like that can be used in other ways. But another thing that I also want to talk about in another, ooh, sorry, in another bit is actually about um, practical uses for character, uh, for characters, fighting styles being used for practical uses. That's gonna be the next bit. All right. So this is the final bit of the episode. Um, the last bit that we need to talk about, of course, is practical uses of character fighting styles and character abilities and other stuff like that. I did mention this a little bit in a different episode where we talked about powers, but at the same time, I also need to mention this again in this specific episode, specifically because character fighting styles could also be used to help out in other ways, not just in comedy ways or at-home uses. In the other episode, I mentioned sir, uh, I mentioned a little bit of practical things that I'd like to see more of. Okay, and I also and I also went into a little bit deep, a little bit about it, but at the same time, I didn't go into great detail. Okay. The thing about this, in this episode specifically, is I want to mention using weapons for practical uses as well, and also using abilities as well in these other ways. But before we get into that, we need to talk about the uh, the ceasefire test. The Seaspire test was a test that I created based off of the episode The Seaspire in Steam Universe. In that episode, Steven and the Gems have to go to the, uh, to the Lunar Seaspire, which, uh, which is a tower in the middle of the ocean, whatever, whatever. Their first challenge while getting to the Seaspire, the top of it, of course, is this bridge that basically gave out. The Seaspire has this ability that creates a certain kind of gravity force that causes the character that causes anything that gets above the water to start falling down immediately, no matter if you jump, uh, uh, no matter if you jump or not. Okay. Now, of course, they can't jump, but they need to figure out a way to get across the uh, to get across the um, the thing to get inside the building. It's a small ledge, and honestly, they probably could have animated it to make it look like a bigger ledge, but the ledge is pretty fucking small. In that scene specifically, Garnet, uh, 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 Garnet, of course, oh no no. Steven grabs uh, um, uh, two sweaters, 
he grabs two sweaters and decides to basically tie them together. At the time, the sweaters together, Steven then decides, okay, now I can go. So Steven grabs the sweaters, ties them together, and uses it like a whip and lassos it over a, 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 some weird hole in the top of the, uh, the doorway. And of course, he's able to uh, climb up the wall and get inside the building. Amethyst uh, congratulates him and then does the same thing with using her whip and grabs the rest of the team and does the exact same thing. Now, the, th uh, the funny thing about this is that this is actually a great, uh, this is why I designed the monster test. The mo uh, no, no, not the monster test. This is why I designed um, the ceasefire test. The ceasefire test specifically is designed to test out a character's ability to solve this issue. The character in question, or character A, has to jump over a ledge that a normal human being would, uh, would barely make. Okay, so there's no gravity thingy. They can still jump, but a, a normal human being would barely make the jump. Okay, a normal human being, if they jumped from the ledge, would land on, uh, would land just on the corner with their arms hanging on the corner while their feet and the rest of their body are dangling. If the character has good upper body strength, they can carry their body up. They can pick themselves up and climb up. However, if the character doesn't have good body strength, um, the character, of course, would fall like most human beings. This test is actually supposed to be for this reasoning. Uh, this test is specifically for um, this little example of how the character can use their abilities and other things like that as well. Okay? Now, the doorway, uh, now the ledge is a flat ledge. It's a perfectly crafted uh, flat ledge and leads into a doorway that of course uh, has a small little hole above it that basically would allow the same thing. So of course if Steven were in this exact same situation he would do it. Of course it's a little bit bigger but still I don't think two hoodies can fit for what if Steven were to try doing it it wouldn't work out with two hoodies. Okay still though um, Amethyst could totally do it, but still, like I said, the test, of course, is available for any other character that you want to put in. So let's put Jet from Avatar Last Airbender in this test. Jet would most likely run and try uh, uh, jumping onto it with both swords in hand. Now, Jet would actually most likely aim not for the ledge, but aim just underneath it, crashing his body against the wall, stabbing both of the bottom daggers into the wall itself. He, of course, then climbs up the wall by, pick, uh, by stabbing the bottom daggers into the wall, climbing up, allowing him to basically get in. Another example of what Jet might do is, of course, running towards the door and, of course, using the two hooks on the swords to basically hook onto the, uh, onto the pole-like uh, pillar thingy above the doorway and swing his way in, kind of like a uh, Spider-Man style. This is, of course, another example of this. However, this is how Jet would solve the issue. Now let's imagine a different character, like the Flash. Flash would take a large amount of space backwards and uh, speed run towards the door and jump, causing the uh, kinetic force and momentum to basically push him th uh, through the door. And of course, he jumps through and makes the jump clean. If we put Superman, Superman would levitate in the air and just float over. If we put Batman, he would use his grappling hook. And of course, it's the same situation. The problem doesn't change. But different characters go about it differently depending on what abilities they have and also what tools they have available. Okay, Batman uses a tool, Superman and Flash use abilities, and Jet of course uses a tool as well, but also, uh, but also uses ingenuity. Other characters of course would also do other things depending on what they would do. 
Okay, now let's imagine Spinel in the situation. Spinel, of course, would probably stretch out her, uh, uh, Spinel would most likely stretch out her leg. She would stretch out her leg and place it onto the other side of the door, uh, uh, through the doorway. And of course, then lean her body forward and place her two hands on that side as well and put most of her body mass on the opposite side. And then simply lift her remaining leg toward, uh, into the doorway, allowing her to move uh, uh, through. Of course, this is a character using their ability and uh, solving the whole problem without even doing the jump or what most people would probably assume Spinel would do is, or maybe, I don't know, but I would assume Spinel would do it this way because she's a little bit more silly and wacky. But the more smart thing, or if she wanted to be cool about it, Spinel would most, uh, Spinel would probably treat it like Amethyst and swing her hand through the, uh, the ring and swing her body through. Though I don't think Spinel would do that. I think she would be a little bit more silly and more cautious and careful, but at the same time silly and jokey and clownish if she wanted to. Okay, so of course, that's something that I really like about this thing. The test, of course, is a really, really fascinating test that allows a lot of different characters to solve the issue in different ways. Some characters, of course, would, uh, uh, some characters, of course, would miss, honestly. Some characters would completely miss the, uh, the test or would fail it completely. And some characters, of course, you know, would actually be able to pass the test, but in very creative ways. Originally, when I created the test, I didn't really have a good way for my, for my own character, Michael, to get through. Michael was the only member of the Bloody Star that can't get through the test or uh, that wouldn't pass the test. Michael would continuously fail. Okay, Michael doesn't have any special things that helps him jump higher or, jumps, uh, or his jumps are stronger or longer than a normal human being. And he doesn't have any grappling hooks or any abilities that would help him. So, of course, Michael continued to fail the test again and again. However, I ended up creating another uh, solution for him. If Michael missed and used his gauntlets and punched his fist into the wall, Michael could technically climb his way by just punching his fist into the wall and climbing using punches like grappling hooks. That's a good way to do it, but at the same time, that's a very, that's a last ditch attempt. Everyone else would handle the test with flying colors, but Michael, it was so difficult for me to think of how would Michael pass a test. And I was, and again, I was okay with Michael failing. You know, you don't need to pass the test. These are just simple tests to help you better understand the character and help better understand the character's flaws, their abilities, or other things like that as well. With Michael, it was, you know, pretty obvious that he had a lot of flaws when it came to maneuverability, specifically trying to deal with this kind of issue. Okay, that's something that I personally thought was a really, really interesting thing. Of course, these are the only two tests that I created, but at the same time, I might be able to create more tests if I actually think about it. But still, this is of course another example of the monitor test and the ceasefire test. Two simple tests to help you design or think about whether or not, how would a character be able to deal with this issue? Okay, and that's of course a, a perfect example of it. Let's take another character, a character... <laughs> All right, I'm trying to think. Who is a character that, uh... <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let's try Katara. Let's try Katara. How would Katara get through the test? Again, it depends. Remember, the test depends completely on the character, and it also depends on sometimes what the character normally has. The normal amount of water that Katara has in her pouches I would say that's not nearly enough for her to make a strong enough whip to, uh, to hold her entire body. 
a normal pouch, like her her season one pouch, no. But if Katara had the pouches on her body like she originally did in the the Eclipse attack, if she had that, then yeah, she could easily get through. Okay, but again, that's not something that would be very helpful. Um, Zuko would probably jump through and use his flames behind him to push him forward. Toph would probably just stomp her foot and make a bridge. And Aang, of course, would ha have many different ways to deal with it. Sokka, however, he would just barely, he would do it the human way. You know, Sokka would more likely do it the human way and just barely make it and climb up. Personally, I feel like Suki would get it over it easier, but she'll still do it in the same way that he would. Personally, though, I think that Suki would actually probably do it a lot easier than him because she's much more athletic than him. Still, though. Or hell, if anything, it, uh, Kai, he could do it the way I did Kai. In the story, uh, or in my, when Kai, my own character, when Kai did the test, Kai took his sword and threw it into the doorway, or threw it underneath the door. So Kai was able to basically jump and land on the blade of the door, uh, 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 on the blade or on his handle, and basically jump and pass into the doorway. Then he went back and uh, reached downwards to grab the sword and take it out. So of course, Kai basically made sort of a stair, like a single stair in the wall, allowing him to step on it to basically get into the doorway. That's how Kai was able to deal with it. Another character, uh, that's of course, once again, some people will be like, oh my god, I never thought about that. Yes, that's a good example. How would your character deal with it? Kai was able to deal with it by using his own sword as like a stair. Okay, and of course, that's a great example of that specific thing. Having each character deal with the, uh, this test in different ways. Okay, so all, uh, like I said, Michael was the one who did not have a way to deal with it. Kai, uh, Kai's solution was pretty easy, but everyone else it was like, oh my god. Personally, I think that Link from The Legend of Zelda would also do that same thing, but it's most likely that that's not going to be available to Link. So I personally believe that he probably has to use like the hook shot or some other random object. But if Link was really creative, he would probably do that. Though, I'm pretty sure Link would probably never do that or be creative enough to do that. He would probably use a tool like the hook shot or something. But still. Like I said, the Monta test is a really helpful test. Uh, no, not the Monta test. The ceasefire test. The ceasefire test is a really, really helpful test. Another good example of the, uh, uh, another good test kind of idea, I don't even have a name for it, but this test is specifically to test out the character's maneuverability. Okay? This test is simple. Can the character use their ability to move around or fight or defend themselves in different ways? And this is, of course, just sort of like a checklist rather than an actual test. So, the te uh, so this little checklist is pretty simple. Using a single move, can the character use uh, uh, can the character with their normal fighting style be able to do these things? Number one, attack. Obviously, most people can say yes. Number two, defend themselves. And when I say defend themselves, I mean defend themselves without attacking or causing damage. Can the character do that? Another example is can the character counter? Can the character do something that if a projectile with a big boulder is flying towards them, can they do something to damage or counter it? or send it back to the opponent, shatter it and cancel it out, or something else. So can the character do that? Another good example is can the character use their ability to attack multiple opponents at the same time? And not just multiple in the same general area. If the character is surrounded by at least five characters, can the, uh, character A be able to attack five different people at the same time? 
another example is can the character basically be a sniper or be able to make a quick uh, uh, or be able to make a quick accuracy shot another example of course is the idea of um, um, uh, okay another example of the mo- of this uh, checklist is can the character use their ability to defend themselves and call up and basically um, run away oh wait 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 there was another test I'm so sorry this, of course, is the runaway test. The, uh, okay, this is, of course, the running test. Okay, or the fleeing test. That's, well, that's what we're going to call it. The fleeing test is a pretty simple test. Again, this test is, of course, a simple test to test out how well a character can flee a situation and cause it so that nobody can follow them. This is pretty simple. The character, of course, is put into a large hallway with lots of trees and walls. It really depends on what you want, but, and whatever. The test is pretty simple. Character A needs to prevent people from following the character and by running through the hall. What can they do to basically cause us? Uh, or just a random area. A random area where the character basically can cause people to not really follow them. What can the character do? Now, if Kai was put into the. I remember when I did this test. This test was so fucking long ago. I never came up with a name with it. But it was based off the uh, scene in Avatar The Last Airbender. Specifically when, uh, specifically when Sokka was fighting against Pian Dao. Uh, Pian Dao. Okay, Master Pian Dao basically was attacking him, and Sokka used his sword to cut hundreds of uh, uh, bamboo trees to basically cause the trees to uh, fall behind him as he ran around, uh, as he ran away, which of course was very, very resourceful. Okay, another example of course was uh, um, now during this thing, this of course inspired me to create this test. The test is, like I said, pretty simple. Do the same thing. Cause an, uh, uh, cause something that can cause opponents behind you to stop following or be distracted long enough so that your character can get, uh, can get away. The more that the character can cause or the more natural abilities that they can cause, the more better it is. The situation, however, is that the wall or the test is actually supposed to be set up in a wall or in a hallway. Okay, it's supposed to be set up in a hallway. So yes, you can slice at the wall, which can cause things to fall off the wall and, you know, uh, pieces on the wall to fall off onto the ground. But at the same time, that's not a reliable source. Okay, this isn't like a forest where you got bamboo trees and actual trees uh, to chop down and cause it to fall. This is a hallway. So how can you do this to, do, uh, to you know, uh, cause them to stop following? And of course, this hallway actually has a ceiling. So of course... How would you get this? Uh, how would you do this? Okay, when it came to Kai, uh, with my character Kai, I made it so that Kai basically, uh, I made it so that Kai basically would, uh, would run. And as he's running, he would take his sword and swing it behind him multiple times, causing large blades of light to fly through the sword and attack anything that's behind him. With Omito, Omito and Kai got two of the highest scores, honestly. But, of course, in their, in their team, in their respective team, they got two of the highest scores. With Momito, Omito shot the gauntlet behind him and caused the gauntlet to change into a large wrecking ball uh, and caused his hand to change into a ball. Uh, okay, Omito shapeshifted his hand into a wrecking ball. He then turned the gauntlet on and shot uh, 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 the gauntlet away and swung and keeps swinging his arm around. So as he's running, this large wrecking ball with spikes on it continues smashing into everything as he continues whipping it around behind him, causing it to damage the hallway, causing things to fall even swinging it into the ceiling and dragging it across the ceiling as well, causing as much damage as possible behind him. And of course, it's genius for Omito because if the opponent should grab it, Omito can easily detach it and separate his body and regenerate a brand new one. 
as remember, Omido's body is just made out of shadows and darkness. It's just an illusion. So of course, that was a good test. With Michael, however, Michael was able to damage the floor. The, uh, the hallway, it, let's imagine that the hallway has no, uh, like it's an endless void outside the hallway. So if you basically call, uh, or it's an endless void underneath the hallway. So if you damage the, uh, the ceiling, uh, stuff from the ceiling, like dirt and other stuff like that will fall down. But if you damage the floor, the character could fall down into a, like a deep hole or something like that. And they're basically unable to follow. With Michael, I made it so that Michael basically punches the ground. While running, he constantly punches holes into the walls and punches the ground, and even uh, uh, uppercuts the ceiling to cause as much damage as possible behind him. Neptune, of course, also got the highest grade of his own uh, team, simply because Neptune was able to create massive amounts of uh, walls of ice. He was able to create large amount of walls of ice that damaged the walls itself, and even was able to flood the walls uh, and flood the, uh, the hallways behind him. Okay, so of course, Neptune got a higher score mainly because of how much destruction or how much uh, obstacles he was creating. But still, other characters in this test could also do pretty well. Now, let's imagine characters like, um, let's imagine Ida in the test. Uh, 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 Tenya Ida uh, from, uh, I, was gonna, I was not thinking Ida from the Alamo. But let's imagine Tenya Ida from uh, uh, My Hero Academia. He would get a very high score simply because of his normal speed alone. Because of the fact that he's creating such amount of distance in a short amount of time. So of course, Ida would get a very good uh, grade. But it doesn't change the fact that Ida, of course, not only gets a high grade because of that, he would get a higher grade if he can cause some kind of damage behind him. And cause some kind of obstacles behind him. Bakugo, of course, would get a high score as well, causing the explosions behind him to get away fast. But the explosions behind him would get him a higher score than Ida because those explosions would cause damage behind him and also uh, uh, give incentive for the characters to not catch up too quickly. So chasing uh, uh, the chasing NPC characters, whatever, they get, have incentive to catch up, but don't catch up close enough that you can touch him because you might get hit by the explosion. So of course, that's a great example of uh, that's a great example of multiple characters in this test. Okay. Superman, of course, can basically attack by just uh, um, using his heat vision to, uh, uh, while running or flying backwards. He can use his heat vision to uh, destroy the ceiling. Or um, maybe we could have, uh, I don't know, Black Canary running super fast and then causing, turning around and yelling. You know, there has multiple different characters who have multiple different ways of dealing with this. And of course, that's another example. A character, of course, who can deal with it using their weapons and skills will be Batman. Batman would throw a smoke bomb down behind him and keep running. Okay, Batman of course would keep uh, throw a smoke down uh, a smoke bomb down behind him and keep running. Or more likely, Batman would throw that down and then get up against the wall as quickly as possible, causing the opponents to keep running past him. And of course, Batman is now chasing the opponents, which is honestly a Batman thing to do. Let's be real. Okay, that's honestly a very Batman thing to do. So <laughs> that's personally something that. Uh, again, the, the, the hallway test is a good example of how to show off other things as well. Now remember, as I said, in all of these tests, in the monster test and the, uh, the, uh, the monster test and uh, the hallway test, you cannot befriend the people or the monster or the people chasing you. You can't befriend them and you can't call for backup. 
it's each individual character on their own. The only time that it's two characters in the test is that these two characters are closely associated with each other and don't go anywhere alone. So Rutile specifically counts, or fusion characters like Garnet count. So if Garnet was put in the test and she needed to separate for a moment, she still technically is allowed to do that because she's Ruby and Sapphire. However, if it was, uh, uh, and of course characters like Rutile, it's not going to count as um, you know, uh, uh, with characters like Rutile, it's not going to count it as one individual. It's still going to count as two. Still, it's also still one in the same kind of sense. If that makes sense. You know? So yes, characters can transform. And if the two characters are closely associated with each other, then they can also be in the same thing. So Mas y Menos, both of them from Teen Titans, Mas y Menos are both going to be put in the test together. They're not going to be put in the test alone. Okay, so there are also a good example of two characters that are always going to be together and associated with each other. And of course, Garnet being a fusion and having the ability to separate and go back and forth between Garnet and Ruby and Sapphire, that's also a good example as well. So like I said, depending on the characters in question, that of course also affects the monster test. Okay? And of course, I got more, I gotta come up with more tests, but let me write that down. The monster test, the ceasefire test, and the, um, the hallway test. But yeah, like I said, these are of course uh, practical uses of these different tests. Or, uh, the, these are of course examples of how these abilities and powers and weapons can affect uh, a character's fighting style and other stuff like that. Okay? However, another example of course is, once again, practical or the practical uses of your weapon and other things like that as well. With Jet, Jet of course would get a very high score because of the fact that he's resourceful. Jet was able to use his weapon and get a high score in uh, the ceasefire test simply because he was able to use his weapon as a tool to help him pass the test. Okay? So he still has the same jumping ability as Sokka, but however, he was able to, uh, he was able to get through the score, uh, uh, he was able to get through the test a lot better than Sokka would which of course gets him a higher score. However, with other characters and stuff, their abilities and fighting styles would also alter it as well or affect their scores and make it so that they can pass or they don't pass as nearly as much. Okay, so that's again another aspect of these different characters. Now, of course, one final thing that we also need to mention specifically for these different tests is the idea of um, using a character's abilities or um, weapon or other fighting styles and stuff like that in other ways as well. I would so like to be able to see a character actually teaching others about their fighting style and using it in a different way. For example, let's imagine a character like, um, I don't know, let's imagine a character teaching another character how to dance or explain that, dance, uh, that they get most of their fighting style from dancing and that dancing actually really helps them to fight. Okay, so of course, they basically are teaching another character how to dance simply because it can help them in a different way. Or that this character who has a great fighting style actually happens to be a really good dancer. Okay, so that's another example of that as well. Having sort of the fighting styles being used in practical ways. Another good example is using it in entertainment purposes. In the story, I made it so there's many different examples of the characters using their fighting styles for not just fighting, but for also you doing other things. For example, characters are able to use their fighting styles for traveling to point, uh, uh, for pranking each other, or uh, for entertainment purposes, or other things like that. 
while in Spain, the team ends up throwing a large celebration. Uh, the, well, the people of Spain end up, so, uh, so, or specifically one town in Spain, they end up throwing a big celebration for Omito and the others. During the celebration, the team decides to make a circus act kind of, or a performance act for them, showing off their abilities to stun the crowd. And of course, during that, Omito basically began, uh, Omito basically began using his abilities to create a large, uh, um, just shows. He continued to shapeshift into beautiful forms, and of course, continued to dance and show off all these random transformations, and did a whole comedy sketch for everyone. Of course, we also had other characters like, uh, sorry, we also had other characters like Kai basically uh, swing his swords in his hands as he continued dancing and uh, throwing his swords into the air, dancing in front of everybody. And catching the swords and uh, 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 and making amazing poses for all of them, as he basically showed off his amazing uh, skills, and still had this dazzling dance kind of style as he was able to throw his swords and do all these extra cool tricks. So again, multiple examples of this. Another example, of course, is let's imagine a character. Hmm. Let's imagine a character. Okay, let's imagine Adam Torres. Okay, let's imagine Adam Torres in another example of a character's fighting style being used for a practical purpose. Adam, of course, and the others are, I don't know, let's say that Adam is part of Team Ruby. Okay? Adam is hungry, or the team is hungry and they need to hunt for some kind of food or something, but they don't have anything. Adam, of course, would, of course, go into the woods. He, of course, would go into the woods and then see a random uh, pig or something, or a random hog, and by simply, pr- uh, and by simply pressing his gun... Or I don't know, shooting his uh, his gun, he's able to shoot the blade into the uh, and knock the boar dead in the face. Okay, but Adam's gun, his weapon thing is so interesting. It's such an interesting design. Okay, but it, literally he can shoot his blade out, uh, his sword out of the gun. Like his gun, his sword is stuck into the nozzle or down the barrel of the sword of the uh, the the gun. So by pulling the trigger or pressing some random button, he can shoot the sword out of it, causing it to crash and hit, uh, causing the bottom of the sword to hit something. Okay, I don't know exactly if he can control it and make it so that it spins the other way around and hits the blade into something, but I don't think so. But in that scene, Adam, of course, ends up shooting his, uh, uh, uh in, or I'm making this up, but Adam would shoot his gun and of course it would hit the, uh, the boar dead in the face. The boar is stunned long enough so that Adam can basically take his gun and shoot it in the face again. This time with an actual shot, rather than the, uh, uh, this time with an actual shot, rather than the original uh, thing that knocked it. So originally Adam saw it. Uh, originally Adam saw the boar and it saw him. And before the boar had the ability to run away, uh, because Adam has to take his sword out. Normally, what you would normally assume is the character would have their gun ready. So let's imagine Blake in the same situation. Blake and Adam are both hunting for different uh, uh, boar. Blake would more likely keep her uh, uh, her sword in gun mode. She would keep her sword in gun mode. That way she doesn't have to wait for it to change forms and then shoot. However, Adam, however, still keeps his sword in his, uh, uh, still keeps his sword in his uh, gun. And he doesn't even need to really rely on keeping the gun out uh, in his hands. So, uh, or keeping his sword out of his gun. He doesn't, even need to, uh, he doesn't even need to do that because he simply points, shoot, and then shoot again. However, with Blake, she has to basically keep her sword in a different form. Well, Adam still keeps it sort of in its inactive form or inactive mode, which again is a good example of different characters using their own ability in this kind of different ways. You know? That's like, uh, it, that, makes, that might not make as much sense as some people would probably think. 
I don't know. I don't think that made a lot of sense. <laughs> I really don't think that made a lot of sense. But still, hell, that could be a whole test. We'll call it the boar hunting test. I don't really know. But again, like I said, this is just a simple test. Uh, that, that was just a random thing to show off that certain characters, of course, have different practical uses for their abilities and things like that. Personally, I think Adam's gun is such an interesting design for a weapon as it's able to not only attack you by shooting the gun at the blade at you and knocking you in the face or knocking you somewhere, it also gives him enough time. He also uses it as a way to distract you for a couple of seconds with, uh, so that he can run up closer to you, grab his weapon, and then attack you, which is something I really, really adore. Adam's fighting style is a simply amazing fighting style that, honestly, I want Adam's weapon, honestly. I wish I could, like... I wish I could basically have Adam's weapon as Bolan's weapon, to be completely honest. Okay, I want Bolan to have Adam's gun. Or to have Adam's weapon. Like, Adam's weapon is just Bolan's weapon. Personally, I would so have it so that Adam's weapon is just Bolan's. Because it's such a beautifully well-designed weapon, it's such a beautifully well-designed character design, and a beautifully well-designed fighting style for the character. Okay, it's amazing, it's like, oh my fucking god. Okay, he uses it in such amazing ways, which again, I need this character. I need Adam. Okay, I need this character. I would so write him completely different of how they wrote him, you know? Like, I would so change up his whole personality. But yeah, personally, oh my god, I just need Adam. I love Adam so much. I hate his actions and I hate his personality, but everything else about him is like, oh my fucking god, who created this character? I need to meet you. I need to meet you and be like, how did you create such a beautiful, amazing character? This is amazing how you created something so creative and genius. Okay, Blake also has sort of the same thing when it comes to how she uses her uh, her uh, her weapon. I think it's called Gamble, uh, Gamblet, Gamblet Shroud or Gamble Shroud, something like that. But that's again another example of a really amazing character design or a really amazing fighting style. Her fighting style when using her weapon is actually really, really fascinating, really, really creative. Okay, so again, another creative as hell um, weapon. But like I said, different characters have different ways of handling their powers and using it for other things like that as well. So I personally want, just to make it clear, um, let's try thinking of ways that your character can use their weapon or their fighting style in other ways or other practical uses besides just fighting, okay? Let's try to see up other practical ways of using it in other ways in life. So of course, Superman using heat vision to shave his beard. Or, I don't know, Katara's waterbending to stir soups and stuff. Or, um, you know, lots of other things. And in my own story, we have lots of different moments where the team uses their abilities for other things. Certain team members are on fishing duty. Michael simply places his gauntlet in the water and then um, activates it and electrocutes hundreds of fish. Or, um, you know, uh, Jainai sort of bends the water and catches the fish in the water and then uses it for whatever the hell he wants. You know, all kinds of random ass things. Okay, Omito would more likely shapeshift into a deer, go into the forest, and then sort of like um, find deer and then get really close and then just like impale it or like bite its head off or some random thing. You know, like literally each character has different ways of handling it. Okay, uh, each character have completely different ways of handling hunting. So if anything, the hunting test should also be created as well. I don't really know. That would be a whole test to also create as well. Yeah, so once again, hell, hell, create your own test. Goddamn. Create your own test. 
Okay, it's basically the same as like creating scenarios in Dungeons and Dragons and then seeing which characters would do this, which characters would do that. And not only do it with um, uh, your own characters, but try to do it with other characters as well that aren't yours. I always do all of my tests specifically with other characters that I did not create, obviously. Like Jet, um, Katara, and all kinds of other characters. But here's the thing though. I use these other characters personally. I use characters like Superman, Batman, Jet, and uh, Adam, and other characters like that. I use these characters mainly because my own characters were based on these characters. And of course, I use other characters who uh, they got nothing from, like uh, Saitama, you know? So try to use characters that not only are just characters that inspired your characters, but also try to use characters that have nothing to do with them and you're just interested in seeing it. Because, you know, maybe you might get inspired to do something else. Okay, maybe you might get inspired to do a different solution or this character's fighting style might inspire your own character or inspire you to write a different fighting style or another trick for your character, you know? So again, that's another aspect of it as well. And that's basically the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm very sorry for this episode being late. But at the same time, though, um, you know, (laughs) it's a Wednesday, so I'm not really stressing it. Uh, And please don't think that the episodes are going to be late from this point on. This is just two bad days in a row. Okay, I guarantee you, or I don't guarantee you, but uh, these episodes are going to be on time. I'm going to start getting them on time. I don't know why I'm slipping. (laughs) But yeah.